Do you have like wireless headphones or something? Yeah, man. Future. Damn. So I don't need to be yelling at you as if you were actually across the room. <laughs> <laughs> no. Gavin, what are you doing over there, hon? <laughs> Gavin! Come eat your vegetables. <laughs> Quit playing your Nintendo. Welcome to the Interstate Gamers Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, a.k.a. K-Slugs. My name is Peter, a.k.a. Deal For Real, and I'm also your host. So as you know, as you guys already know, we rate and discuss some of our favorite video games, and some of our not-so-favorite. At least, we think we might. I don't know. Anyway, stay tuned for that, potentially in the future. But, Peter, how are you doing, my man? I'm pretty good. I'm a... Uh... I'm kind of reeling back in my chair from how elegant and graceful that uh, intro was. Really? Actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was really something. Um, I think what Kevin's getting at is that today, uh, we'll, get, we'll get into this in a bit, but today is a game that we probably will not rate very highly, which we've been teasing for a long time. So you have that to look forward to after a couple quick announcements from us. Uh, Kev, I think you had one on deck that you want to share with the audience. Yes. So if uh, some of you by now have probably received your... Interstate Gamer shirts. And if you have, please tag us in a tweet or Facebook post or whatever form of media you'd like to. But those are the most successful ones. Yeah, do that and uh, we will show you some love back. Uh, we want to see all of you, you know, rocking the IG shirts. You know, I'm really digging them. Peter's going to get his soon. Uh, my girlfriend's got one. Chris has got one. It's really, again, we really appreciate all the support we've gotten over those. So, uh, yeah. Dude, when I come visit in uh, December, we should all get a group photo of us all wearing IG shirts. Yes, that is an excellent idea. <laughs> oh, that's that's amazing. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Well, a second announcement, I'll take care of this one, is that our good buddy, Chris, a.k.a. Zlink093, a.k.a. Zlink Gaming, is uh, making content again. He took a hiatus for a couple months, probably just was busy with other stuff. Uh, I don't know too much. He's kind of a mysterious man, that Chris. But uh, he's back. He's been doing some fun let's plays of a uh, Mario Superstars, Mario and Luigi, sorry, Superstar Saga for the Game Boy Advance, which he just started. And he's also picked up his legendary Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD playthrough, which I really, really enjoyed um, back when he had first started it. And um, he's kind of nearing the end of the game, I think. So I'm looking forward to that thrilling conclusion. And uh, if you guys are into you know, kind of more chill, calmer Let's Plays from very knowledgeable, big brain players. I think that watching Z-Link Gaming is going to uh, scratch that itch for you real good. Yeah, I really enjoy watching his Let's Plays. Especially the, uh, yeah, the Wind Waker one, where he, did you see the most recent episode where, like, the little Korok dude is just floating around? Dude, little... spoilers! Oh, oh, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's really good. You should check it out. But yeah, our boy Z-Link. Um, and then last announcement is kind of a shameless plug, but I have started streaming and I'm now an affiliate on Twitch. So if you want to come see me on stream, I'll be streaming pretty frequently. Um, you can follow, follow me on Twitter at K underscore slugs to be updated on anything I might, uh, on my schedule and stuff like that. What's your Twitch channel? Twitch.tv slash K slugs. All one thing. Anyway, let's get to it, Peter. What have you got for us today? Boy, oh boy, do I have a game for you and the people at home. So uh, this game is called... Oh, wait, no, I don't I don't say the name yet. I have to <laughs> lead into it. Whoops. Uh, so this is a game for the Nintendo 64 that came out in 1998. Um, it is an air combat game. It is a game that a lot of people probably have not heard of, and that's uh, totally understandable. You'll soon find out why. Not really much way to preface this. This game is called... Chopper attack. Yeah, can I just say someone did guess the game correctly uh, on Twitter, and that is Tilt Imp. And so, Tilt Imp, I actually know who this is, Estevan. If you have played that game personally, let us know. But it, I don't know if you just like looked up like basic based upon my hints, or if you actually know the game. If you have, then yeah, definitely let us know. We'd love to hear what a <laughs> anyone else thinks about this. I also want to say that this is this quite possibly could be the most detailed review anyone's ever given of this game. <laughs> so uh, I'm actually 
I'm, there's an outside chance that isn't true. I'm sure there are some people out there who love this game. Um, they might not have reviewed it though. Uh, at least not for however long we're going to. So uh, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna do this game justice. I think that's what we're gonna do today, Kevin. I, I agree. I think maybe the Highway Retro Boys have probably reviewed this game, but other than that, we might be the first. One thing I forgot to mention. Uh, I usually shout out the developer. Uh, this game, in this case, the developer was Seta Corporation, who I believe is defunct. Um, and it was published by Midway, who actually did publish a lot of games for the N64 back in the day. They did uh, this game, they did Hydro Thunder, they did some other ones that I can't think of right now. But um, yeah, anyway, that's that. <laughs> cool. Is it time to dive in to the meat and potatoes? <laughs> I think so. Uh, Kev, I want to I want to start this time just to give a brief overview of what the game is, but then after I give that sort of overview, oh. uh, I do want to hear what you think as the uh, as a new player. So f- for a little bit of background, we've had games on the show before that one of us has played more than the other, um, but I think that the disparity has never been greater than this episode because I grew up with this game. I, I didn't play it all the time because it's not that great of a game. Spoiler alert! But um, I did play it on and off, you know, for years as far as I can remember. And Kev, to my knowledge, only played this game for like three hours or so, <laughs> a couple of nights ago. Yeah. So, um, so I think that Kev will, and this isn't the boldest prediction, but I'm going to predict that Kev will have a less favorable opinion than me because, uh, because he hasn't been Stockholm syndrome by the game yet, to be <laughs> honest. So, um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, this this show is full of surprises. I'm sure this episode will be no different. <laughs> but um, brief overview. So this game, Chopper Attack. Uh, as I said, it came out in 1998. Uh, that'll come into play later, uh, the year that is. Um, but in this game, you fly around in a helicopter and you blow up shit. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Uh, there are some missions. The missions are usually pretty simple and pretty short, and uh, we'll talk about that in the content section as well. Mm. But now that you, the listener, know that basic premise, Kev, how did you feel about the gameplay of Chopper? T- <laughs> oh, we're going we're gonna to dive right into it? All right. All right, cool. Uh, well, let's start out by talking about some of the good points of the gameplay, because I feel like, you know, we've already given it this kind of negative stigma floating around it right now. You know what? It does have some things going for it. So I think what makes this game good in terms of gameplay, at least in some regards, is that I think it's a really fun challenge to try to accomplish and beat. Like, it, I found myself at various points being like, okay, you know, that was, I had to work for that one, but I felt, I felt very accomplished when I beat a level. I thought that it had a really nice level of progression in terms of difficulty. I think, uh, you know, there's only eight levels spoiler, I think, right. Is that what you said? Yeah. Even, even if it's only eight levels, it's still, I still felt very accomplished that that's one good thing I wanted. What do you think about that? I think that makes sense. I think that, um, I think that the general uh, act of playing the game can be pretty satisfying, like because it is a game where you blow up stuff, and I think all of us have some part of us that likes to blow up things. Yeah. Um, and the controls, I think, are going to be a big uh, a big point that we'll talk about maybe in a second. I, I might let you start off with that as well, uh, since you were a new player. Yeah. Uh, the other day, um, but beyond the controls, I think that you know in the game, like you fly around and destroy helicopters and planes and things on the ground, things in the air, and like. There's not a whole variety of gameplay. There's not really all that many different things you can do. But um, as I've mentioned earlier, it is a short game, so it doesn't need to be too complex. Know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And you mentioned not having a lot of variety, but it does seem like the developers tried to go out of their way and like get creative with the gameplay. But in my opinion, it just didn't really, just didn't really work. Uh, like you said, really, the whole point is just to fly around and shoot things. Um, yeah. That's all I really have to say, but yeah, it, 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 there were some instances where like, okay, you have to save the POWs and things like that, or you have to do a certain thing in this mission. So they tried to get creative, but I think still at the end of the day, it's just kind of like plot doesn't matter too much. Um, you're just kind of going around shooting things. Uh, you can't, yeah. This kind of seems to me like a game that would have been great in an arcade with like a special cabinet or something. Yeah. Um, because bec- for that very reason, like, like you mentioned, the missions, even though they have some sort of different objectives, like one of them is an escort mission, and another one is like destroying uh, or saving POWs, as you said. But at the end of the day, it all boils down to shooting different stuff 
Like, and some levels you have to shoot everything, and some levels you have to shoot not everything. Right. Um, but like, I could imagine this being really fun in an arcade setting, especially if they can make it more immersive than it is on this console. I, I would like to talk about the controls because I think that's going to inform a lot of this section because I think the controls are pretty weird. Um, I don't think they're bad, but I do think they take a lot of getting used to. Um, so if I can describe quickly how that works. Um, the first thing is that this game has a left-handed mode and a right-handed mode, um, where left-handed mode was the original version back when it was uh, released in Japan prior to this. Oh, I, I don't think I mentioned, but Seta Corporation, the developer, is a Japanese company. Mm. It's not one that many people know about, so that might be useful to know. But anyway, there's left-handed controls, which are default, which is even weirder than the controls already are for most people who are right-handed. And then there's right-handed mode, which makes things a lot easier. So in right-handed mode, what you do is you use the joystick to point the nose of your helicopter, pretty much. Um, you press up, and the nose tilts forward, a.k.a. down. You pull back, and the nose tilts up. So like that kind of classic inverted air pla- uh, aircraft control, which already some people don't like. I personally like it, but I'm also used to it. Um, and then you use left and right to swivel your nose left and right. And then the way you actually move the helicopter is by pressing the C buttons. So you press C up to go forward, C down to go back, and then left and right to go left and right. So it's weird to get used to, but once you master that, you can sort of strafe around, circle enemies when it's appropriate. Uh, You can kind of juke enemies, although the helicopters don't move very fast, which is another thing, um, which limits the usefulness of that. But I've I've had many years of playing the game on and off to get used to that. Um, But since you started for the first time the other day, I want to know what you thought about the controls and how you got used to them or didn't get used to them. Whew. Okay. Well, yeah, I would, uh, a big negative for me was the controls. I found it, as a newcomer, not very fluid and doesn't feel natural. Uh, it does feel very, especially when starting out, it just felt very like, I, like I can't move, I can't do anything. Uh, but once I started to figure it out a little bit, um, it got better. Um, and then I started figuring out how to strafe which I unfortunately chose one of the slower planes. <laughs> and you, as you mentioned <laughs> yeah. already, that the planes, helicopters, as you mentioned already, the helicopters are already pretty slow, and I ended up choosing one of the slower ones. So that didn't help me either. So I just felt like this one big clunky Hulkin machine, which actually turned out to be the whole point of my character. But um, yeah, it. I will say it was pretty annoying and kind of felt awkward at times. Uh, especially when you come from a perspective of things that did the airspace well, like uh, Star Fox, you know what I mean? Like they did that game so well in terms of like flying around, shooting things that you're just kind of like, oh, I come to this game. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm spoiled by it basically. Um, and what what can be underestimated here is that you know back in the day, this was hard to really get right and get down. Like the, you know, people were having to innovate at this time. And so, you know, Star Fox 64 was kind of, I I don't want to say one of the first, but it was definitely a pioneer in how they made, like, flying games back then, I would say. They did a really good job of it. And uh, this game, I just don't think, was able to utilize the control scheme as well as Star Fox 64 did. Yeah, I think that's a valid point, but I do want to say, and this might sound like nitpicking at first, but I really think it's important is that um, Star Fox and other games like Star Wars Rogue Squadron and other really well-known like flying or airspace games of this era, um, they are planes, basically, or spaceships or whatever, but they're basically planes. Um, and helicopters are fundamentally different because in helicopters you can like go backward and forward and left and right, and it like it is very different to fly a helicopter. Um, could they have made the controls in this game feel better or feel more familiar to people who have played those other games? They probably could have. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know how many times they iterated on this control scheme since I wasn't there, but I, I think that is something to keep in mind. That like fundamentally, the control has to be different. Um, it could it could be a thing where like in GoldenEye, for example, um, they had different button configurations to where the C the C buttons and the control stick would like change functionality, which made things really weird for some people, but better for others. So maybe they could have done something like that for this game. Uh, that's certainly possible, but I think. Like, the comparison to Star Fox and other games like that isn't really apples to apples, I would say. Yeah, it's not a direct comparison. Um, But I will say one thing I thought maybe they could do, you know, in games back then, like GoldenEye, for example, um, you press the R button and you, like, hold it 
and like it changes your aim because I feel like the whole premise was like okay the control stick uh, does the aiming for you and so I feel like they if they could just somehow utilize the control stick for movement instead that would be much more optimal because it just feels so much more natural to move with a control stick than it does four C buttons you know what I mean yeah so that that I think that's just my biggest thing is really just moving around is a lot harder. And you know, I had a I emulated the game on PC and I used my Xbox controller which has like the control stick for the C buttons, which I think and I could have like just programmed it to be on the left stick um which I think would have worked pretty well, but still the controls are pretty it's kind of hard to figure out when you're moving to the side and using the C buttons at the same time, or you're aiming and using the C buttons at the same time. It's, just, it's kind of weird uh, at times. It, it wasn't perfect by any means. Yeah, it's something that takes practice as well. True. Um, which I'm which I'm trying to keep in mind as we do this uh, review. Again, like I'm more familiar, so I've had more time to adjust. Um, but that's not to say that the controls are like actually good. You know, it just means that I've, you know, taken some kind of crappy-ish software and learned how to play with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then another another big factor is that uh, the helicopters are generally slow, even the fastest ones. But I don't really know how fast actual helicopters are, but I'm pretty sure they don't go as fast as combat planes most of the time. So that might be another reason for that. But when they're making a video game, like they could have taken some license with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just like made it more fun to fly around and juke people out and do whatever. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, one thing I want to talk about is items. Why the heck... <laughs> when okay, so They're very weird. Yeah, when the item <laughs> to get an item, you have to like basically blow up a building or something. I I don't know if they can spawn from tanks, but I think it's primarily buildings. When you blow this building, the item pops out of the ground and it kind of just like jumps periodically, and so you have to take your slow ass plant or helicopter, and in my instance, <laughs> the slowest ass helicopter, and you have to fly in perfect position to catch these items out of the air, and they don't like. It's not like super periodically either. You have to wait a few seconds for these things, like to catch these things. And I just found that I was like, why? Why? <laughs> why are these? What's this thing? It's funny because I didn't realize how weird it was really until you said it out loud on stream. And I was like, oh, wait, this is really fucking weird, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they could have just made it so that if you destroyed a building, like the item would just spawn at a fixed height and just stay there and you could just grab it, you know? Like that would have been way simpler. Um, and I feel like that would be the default too. So I wonder if like there's some good gameplay testing reason that they did this. I mean, I, I don't know what that could be, but like this behavior definitely isn't the default. So I'm interested in how they arrived at this decision in the first place. Yeah. Another thing I thought about is just thinking about that conceptually, like it, it incentivizes you to blow up and shoot buildings. And I'm just kind of thinking that about that from like a war perspective. Like I know you want to, disarm the enemy but it's just kind of like they're shooting down every building you see <laughs> it's just, for, for conceptually it it came across me really weird yeah and also the, there's pretty much no plots to this game so there's no like explanation for that anyway so yeah <laughs> it's just kind of weird hell the uh general ask you if you want to party tonight like while talking about the mission that you're on <laughs> <laughs> hey wanna wanna party tonight hey uh, be a wild man go uh, <laughs> go fuck up some people yeah so uh, I do have one little thing that I want to talk about, and then I actually want to back up and talk about some of the the broader gameplay uh, patterns and like how the missions work, because that's something we haven't talked about yet. But first, I want to say that another frustrating thing about the gameplay is that uh, the crosshair is 90% of the time not accurate to where you're firing uh, your gun. Yes. Um, so as I told you, there's a life hack to this, where if you choose one of the particular secondary weapons the rockets uh, we have to talk about secondary weapons too um like that one for some reason the uh crosshair is accurate to where you fire your regular machine gun so like that's a good crosshair to have by default but the fact that you have to do that is pretty stupid yeah i agree <laughs> i don't know what their thought process was behind that but like i'm glad you told me that because i would have been shooting that machine gun like in the far off distance for like the rest of the game and I just would have been like why <laughs> who did this <laughs> on that topic of the secondary weapons and how the game kind of works so basically the flow of the game is you uh, you choose one helicopter out of I didn't actually count probably like seven to nine 
helicopters, you choose one character in helicopter. They all have uh, differing stats. And that's your character for the entire campaign. And before every mission, you get briefed by your very polygonal general who asks if you want to party tonight <laughs> and or tells you to be a wild man, even if you're a woman. <laughs> and then you see a little map that shows you actually a pretty nice looking layout of the area and what your uh, target is for that mission. Yeah. And then you go to a screen where you can purchase secondary weapons. So this includes missiles, rockets, bombs, um, even dummies like that uh, distract enemy missiles for you. And uh, this part of the game is actually kind of interesting because you have a certain amount of money to start with and your score at the end of each mission turns into money to buy stuff for the next mission. So it actually does incentivize you to like get a good score so that you can uh, you know, build out your arsenal the way that you want. And uh, different planes also have different... Damn it. Different helicopters <laughs> also have different uh, capacities for secondary weapons. Like The biggest ones, like the one you were using, can carry five, whereas the smallest and most like lightweight archetype Choppers can only carry two, mm. which does like change your strategy a little bit. But it is kind of a cool way to include some variety in the gameplay, and uh, it is a cool way to like incentivize you to spend your money wisely and like think about the mission that you're going to be doing. Although the game doesn't do the most descriptive job ever, it does tell you a little bit like, hey, in this mission you'll be fighting ground targets, and this one you'll be fighting air targets. So then you can change your loadout accordingly. Right. Uh, I, yeah, I actually wrote that down as one of my. Uh positive points about this game is that there was quite a bit of strategy involved when when choosing like which which copter you're going to go with which person uh what their perks are and then like the items and missiles that go along with it um so there's a lot of strategy involved that kind of promotes replayability um so i i really liked that aspect about it yeah i agree um and it, it helps that they include that too because the game is so short and uh, yeah, like you can choose the different characters and you'll get slightly, di- not totally different, but slightly different gameplay experiences. And I think that's pretty neat. Yeah. There's something else I wanted to say, but I forgot. I know what it's about. It's about the AI. No, actually, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hadn't even thought about the AI, AI, actually. Do you have anything you want to say about that? Yeah, I was going to say, not very much, but that it's kind of annoying that they just... They just they just follow you wherever you go. I mean, I know that's kind of like probably what they would do, but it's just kind of like this looming presence in terms of gameplay. You're just kind of <laughs> like, all right, I need to go to this area, but you know you have the entire map's worth of helicopters following you <laughs> in one single file line Yeah, just behind you. I mean, the reason why that can be useful, though, and actually this speaks to part of the gameplay that I haven't, or that neither of us have talked about, um, the reason why that can be useful is because you have a limited time to complete the mission. So if your mission is to destroy all the helicopters, you can just kind of sit and wait for them all to come to you, which helps a little bit. Yeah. Um, but the way that the time works, uh, your helicopter has a certain amount of fuel. And fuel is an item that you can get from the buildings, like we were talking about, along with health and like powered-up machine gun. Uh, you can't replenish on secondary weapons, which I think is interesting, and that further encourages you to use them wisely. R.S. Peppy from Star Fox would say, Use bombs wisely. <laughs> and, and the items are random too. So sometimes they're just screwed and like you won't get the fuel that you need, which is pretty bullshit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that, that applies, of course, another layer of pressure. Like if you don't complete the mission before your fuel runs out, then you will start drifting into the ground and blow up. <laughs> yeah, it's generally a good idea to haul ass in any mission. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're slow. Um, there was something else I was going to say. But I don't remember what it is. To be honest, I'm a little surprised we've managed to talk this long about the gameplay. I know. Oh, it was the elevation. We didn't mention that either. Oh, shit, yeah. I didn't want to talk about that. Yeah, go ahead then. (laughs) All right, so uh, we should have talked about this when we were talking about controls. Um, But in this game, you can't control your elevation. You're basically set at a fixed height above the uh, surface of the map. And so whenever whenever you cross a mountain, for example, then your helicopter automatically increases elevation to scale that mountain. I actually don't find this to be a problem. In fact, I kind of prefer it. Or I think I would prefer it because the alternative is having yet another weird control that you have to keep track of. And uh, there are ways they could have done it. Like they could have made it to where, oh, you hold, I don't know, the L button and then press up and down and then that's your elevation. And then you let go and you're set at your elevation. Like, they, you know, they could have done something like that. Um, but I've never really missed that um, control. It is weird because like, one of the defining traits of helicopters is that you can change yeah. your elevation easily. Like that's kind of 
part of the point of them. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's weird in that sense that you can't do that, but I think the game might be better off that you can't control that. I was going to say, like, yeah, that's kind of the whole point behind a helicopter. Not to mention the fact that there are some levels where you have to shoot things above you. And, like, primarily I just shot upwards and just kind of hoped it was up there above me. Um, I was streaming, so I couldn't hear the audio too well. So I wasn't sure if I got the hit or not. But it would be nice if I could change my elevation and just go up there and shoot those things or go down. And But I think it would add, like, a whole other dimension to the game and complexity that I obviously I think the de- developers weren't ready for. Um, <laughs> but you can also utilize those mountains to... <laughs> To kind of, it's just very weird that you'd have to go up to a mountain to properly see where a plane is, and then go back down and chase it. Yeah, while being in a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I can't see. Let me go on this mountain. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Well, that's uh, that's all I wrote. Yeah, same here. So, uh, why don't you go first? What's your gameplay score? Oh, the lowest it's ever been on this show, sixty-five. Hey, that's not much worse than mine. Oh, okay. Mine is a, mine's a 70. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're not too far off there. Yeah. Once again, IG boys coming through. Well, let's move on to everyone's favorite section. Aesthetics. 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 Anyway, <laughs> aesthetics. Why don't you start off with the visuals? Because I guess I started off in gameplay. I kind of forgot I did that. All right. Well, uh, first things first. Game's ugly. I'm just gonna say it. The game is ugly. Yeah. I will start with the worst part of the visuals, which is the models of people. Oh. Uh. And the blessedly few instances in which they occur. <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. So here's here's the thing. Here's a breakdown of all the people models in this game. So, uh, in the missions, you have little soldiers, uh, like foot soldiers, infantrymen, I guess who you can shoot, which is kind of funny. Uh, they go like, when you shoot them. Uh, <laughs> they basically look like, and th- this, isn't, this isn't the bad part, like this is kind of passable. Uh, they're basically like little tiny green, I think they're 3D, but they're just so small, you can't really tell what they're doing or like what they look like, which is actually realistic to you know the situation of you being in a chopper and them on the ground. So they're not that bad. The POWs are fucking terrifying. <laughs> uh, they're basically like, white rectangular boxy like block people <laughs> who like walk really weird oh it's so bad and uh, i think the first time you saw them in fact i you were like oh what the hell is this <laughs> <laughs> that's a pow god i want to save him they got like fat somehow while they were yeah. being POWs. <laughs> they treated them well like not to make light of actual pow's like of course it's a terrible thing to be but this game like i don't like they they're like very fat boxy looking People, it's very weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then the worst people in the game, which is a weird phrase to say, but I'm talking about the graphics here. Uh, whenever you complete a mission, your pilot appears on the screen in all their 3D glory, and my <laughs> God, the textures are fucking atrocious. <laughs> like, you, you you can kind of tell that there are supposed to be eyes on that cube of a head. Yeah. But, like, you can't... We'll have to like upload a screenshot or something like to the Twitter. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, which is funny because in the when you're selecting a pilot, they have like photorealistic portraits, like portraits of actual people. I don't know where they got them from. Like maybe they're people that they knew or something. Uh, the developers, but like th- it would have been so much cooler, I think, if they had stuck with like those portraits and had them show different emotions, like at the end of the level, like if they did well or if they did bad. You know, because the game kind of does that already, <laughs> but with the 3D models. But no, instead they had to like create these just awful like and and there's no excuse like this game came out like a year into the n64's life i think yeah and like they had time to learn how to do that better i'm pretty sure yeah i agree (sighs) i just think we're looking at a development team that wasn't very good with texturing and modeling and things like that yeah i mean spoiler alert i think the visuals are by far the worst part of this game so that'll be a theme you hear from me as we talk about this. Um, so that was my rant about the people, which it sounds like you pretty much agree with. Yes, I <laughs> completely agree with you. Oh my gosh. The POWs, I did uh, <laughs> write that down. Uh, I said one of the POWs was running and he literally looked like a square with rectangular arms. <laughs> <Like what? laughs> yes, looks like Minecraft <laughs> before Minecraft. 
It's just this cute. It's worse than Minecraft. It's worse yeah, than cause Minecraft. Because it's, it's like not stylized. Dude, if this game... I'm sorry to keep going on this tangent, but if this game were like stylized to be not supposed to be realistic, it could have looked a million times better. Yeah. Like if they didn't have to worry about things being realistic, they could have made it look really cool. But anyway, um, so that was that was my first point. Uh, what do you want to talk about next? <laughs> I will say saving grace of the visuals are the helicopters themselves. Yeah. The the models were pretty good on those, and the designs they put on there were pretty flashy. They're not like you know, not the greatest thing in the world, but they, you know, they're, they're pretty cool. And it, you did feel a sense of like, Oh, I want to use this one because it looks cool. Mm -hmm. So I did, I did think that. And then I agree with you on the, uh, your character models, like at the end of the victory. So when they do like a pose, I think Danny's pose, he would do like this thing where I think he'd put his arms up or either down to the side. I couldn't tell. Whenever he did that, he just looked like one long blob of <laughs> pixels. And I was just like, Danny? Where'd you go, buddy? What happened to you? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It was bad. What'd you think about the uh, the environments and the levels and all that stuff? Uh, They're all right. I will say the one with the volcano is the coolest, purely because you can go over the volcano. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, the environment's all right, though. It's just a big square box. Uh, there was one maze level that was pretty interesting. I thought that was all right, too. Yeah, I actually wanted to talk about that in the gameplay, but I forgot. Uh, yeah, so pretty much every mission takes place in this big, wide-open square area with varying levels of mountains or plateaus or whatever, depending on the environment. But there is one level that's in a cave system, and so it is, like, mainly one corridor, but there are a few little branches. And so that's a really cool, like, thing that affects the gameplay a lot, which is neat that they did for one level, um, to their credit. Yeah. But back to the aesthetics, I I think that overall the textures of the worlds are pretty crappy, like quite low res, like probably, again, kind of behind the times even for the time that this game came out. Aside from the actual quality, I think that the variety of the environments is pretty good. Um, there are eight missions, as we said, but two of those missions are reused environments from previous ones. So it's really six environments that you're talking about. Um, but they're all very different. Like you have a forest, you have like kind of a, a mountain range with the volcano, as Kevin said, you have the cave system, you have a uh, sort of wild west, like plateau filled area, like a canyon, like a southwestern looking area. Um, you have more mountains, but this time there's more snow on them. <laughs> and there are a few more flat areas than the other mountain level. And, uh, the last level, Kevin, I don't know if I told you this. Uh, you didn't get to this last level. But the last level actually takes place on the moon. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, actually. <laughs> well, dang it. <laughs> uh, the last level takes place on the moon. So um, I'll, I'll have to put this game on stream and show you one of these days. Because uh, that's actually a pretty neat mission. I think you're going to get a real uh, kick out of that. But yeah, so it's it's good that they did that. Because as I keep saying, the game is short. But I mean, they make every level visually very distinct. And the music is distinct too, which we'll talk about in a sec. Um, but I think that's one thing they did well. Like even if the quality of the graphics overall are not great, at least like everything's different from each other. Yeah, I agree. That's more than I could really ever say for the visuals. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, the the environment wasn't too bad. I I didn't. I think you said the textures weren't too great, but um, yeah, it, it was unique. It did feel like I was in a different place. Generally, about every time. Yeah. The explosions, some of the explosions actually look pretty decent. Oh, yeah, when you're it. firing the rockets over and over again, that is kind of a satisfying feeling, yeah. Yeah, which is important because since the game's all about blowing up stuff, they got that to look decent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like, we have to get this one thing right. Although I do like whenever you destroy a tank, and by like, I mean find it funny. Whenever you destroy a tank, and then the tank like has the charred remains that are left behind, but it's like red and black and it looks like a piece of meat that was cooked too much and like <laughs> half of it and the other half was left raw. It's yeah. pretty weird. Yeah, I think like the buildings look like that too. Also, the pause menu is weirdly ugly. Did you notice that? It like it looks like a debug menu. Yeah, I'm trying to think about the pause. Oh yeah, it didn't really make sense either. I was like, where am I? And then I think you have to press start again. Yeah, it's like white text just like plopped on top of the the game screen. Yeah. Um which is weird because the the main menu when you start the game is like pretty stylized and has like these cool 
stylized buttons and like kind of a caution tape sort of thing going on. But then when you pause the game, it's like literally a debug menu looking thing. It's really weird. Yeah, I agree. I didn't notice that. Well, that's about all I got. Yeah, same here. I gave visuals a hot, lukewarm, tepid 6T. Oh, we're not too far off. Once again, I am five points below you at a 55. 55. Wow, that's low. I'm sorry, yeah. but that's low. Uh, it, I mean, uh, th- the good news is it only gets better from here, in my opinion. So, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on over to the audio. Why don't you start? I will start with the audio. Um, yes, the audio. The game's somewhat defining characteristic. Uh, while it's not outstanding, there are a lot of really good tracks on this uh, in this game. For the N64, it you know it had a pretty good soundtrack. There's a lot. Uh, I don't remember particularly which ones, but there were some where I was like, "Okay, I see you." So I feel like they had a really talented sound producer going on there. He's like, "I'm going to make this the best game ever," and everybody else just kind of slacked on the other <laughs> end. But this guy was going ham. He was super dedicated to this game. He was happy to be a part of this project. Uh, you can tell. Um, and then, of course, I do like some of the sound bits. You know, those are my uh, favorite part. But I do like the general, as I've already mentioned, where he's like, want a party tonight? After he explains your mission, like, it's no <laughs> big deal. Like, oh, yeah, you need to go uh, save the presidential airliner that is, for some reason, in enemy territory. Um, but, yeah, he's like, want a party tonight? And then my character, Danny, would always go, when he would shoot a missile, he would be like, here's your birthday present. And so I thought that was really, really funny. <laughs> yeah, the, the characters are chatterboxes for sure. Um, so I think, I think all of the men, except for all the male characters, except for one, have the same voice. The exception is a character who is supposed to be Japanese. And so I'm pretty sure he has different voice clips. Um, and then all the women, there's a couple female pilots and they have the same voice as well. Uh, but it was funny is that they all say the same lines, like they gave the same piece of paper to all the, or to the two or three voice actors. <laughs> it's like, here, so if your girl always say, want a party tonight? And if you're a man, you say, want a party tonight? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like every time you shoot a missile at an enemy, every time you uh, get hit by anything more than like one uh, round of machine gun fire, like your characters will, they, they have something to say for every occasion. Uh, they will not let you forget that they have opinions on everything that's going on, um, which is pretty funny in the short term. And uh, this is a short term game, so I don't think it really like starts to get grading all that much. <laughs> Know what I mean? Like, yeah. If the game were a lot longer, then I would be more bothered by that. <laughs> I never get tired of. Here's your birthday present. <laughs> it's so random. Oh man, you're forgetting the loser. They say loser at the end of it. Here's your birthday present, loser. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> what a bully. I mean, as far as the other sound effects go, that's certainly the most distinctive set of sound effects. But there's like, I think the machine gun sounds weirdly weak. Like whenever it hits something, it's like tick, 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 tick. <laughs> and it sounds like you're firing BBs at like a <laughs> aluminum can. Um, but all the explosions sound pretty good, which again is important because that's you know darn near the whole game. Other than that, I mean, there's not a big variety of sound effects because the game is you being in a helicopter blowing up shit. So like, yeah, they got their explosions, they got your missile fire. Oh well, I do like the warning sound of being targeted by a missile. It's like. Mm, mm. <laughs> like it actually instills like panic into me whenever I hear yeah, it. <laughs> it actually is pretty kind of terrifying. You're just kind of like, ah, get away. Yeah. Well, really, I've kind of said everything I needed to say. I think it's pretty good, but uh, not not particularly substantial. Yeah, not, not a whole lot of audio. Um, but I did want to comment on the music as well, because I agree with you. I think the music is by far the strongest part of this game, which is funny because the IGN review uh, the reviewer from 1998, which is when this game came out, was like, Move, music isn't anything to write home about. I was like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, this music is actually sick. So so here's the thing. The most impressive thing about this music is the uh, guitar programming. Yeah. Because programming electric guitars is quite difficult, and it's a very tedious task. Because guitars, th- this is a bit of a, another bit of a tangent, sorry. But um, guitars are such expressive instruments, as with all string instruments, that like, there's so many different ways you can play each note. And um, when you program that, you have to take that into account. And so whoever programmed the MIDI electric guitar in this game, like, went fucking nuts. And, like, <laughs> like recreated, like, 
all these different types of like guitar picking, st- well, not style. Well, I'm getting a little bit out of my depth because I'm not a guitarist, but basically there's enough variety in the guitar to make it sound actually pretty decently realistic, especially for this time. And like, not only that, but the actual songs are good songs. Like, it sounds like what they did was like got this person and their rock band together and like wrote some songs and played them and then tried to recreate them and actually did like a pretty good job. Yeah. I think I, I sent you the music for the last level because you didn't get to it. And I don't know if you have listened to that or not, but that track alone is like so good. Like it sounds like it could be an actual like commercial rock song, like back in the eighties, <laughs> like it is really good. And like that single-handedly raises the score for me above what it would have been otherwise. Yeah. I do remember being like, Oh my gosh, this is an amazing soundtrack. And not often times, you know, when you're absorbed into a game, do you, at least the first playthrough, are you like listening to the audio? At least for me, I get kind of really into the game, and you know sometimes the audio helps with that. But it's like this time I was like, "Oh man, this is really standing out." So, kudos to that guy who ever made it. Our girl, you don't know. Or girl, yeah. Uh oh yeah. Another fun fact is that this morning on the way to work, I listened to the soundtrack to pump me up, and uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, it did the job. There you go. Got me hyped. Fucking pumped to listen to that one again. There you go. That's what I like to hear. I would like to hear, assuming you're done, I would like to hear your score. All right, man. Yeah, I am done. And I will give you my score. <laughs> Drum roll, please. All right. I gave it a 75. Pretty good. I gave it an 80. Ah, see, we're five points behind this whole way. <laughs> this is crazy. Catch up, Kevin. I'm beating I'm you. I'm trying. So that puts my aesthetics rating at a 65. And mine's at a 70. Dang. Here we go. Going into the last section. Cone tent. Cone tent. Take your cones. Take your tents. Bring them to us. We're going to make you a beautiful cone tent. Right here. Right now. So I will start. Um, You might not believe me, but this is a kind of short game. (laughs) Yeah. There are eight missions, two of which reuse locations, which I also mentioned. Um, Each mission takes... A matter of minutes to complete if you know what you're doing. Uh, if it's your first time playing and you're not used to the game and you also don't know exactly what you're supposed to be doing, then it can take a little longer. But like a full playthrough of this game, if you know what you're doing, takes like an hour or less. I, I haven't timed it, but it's like probably less than an hour. So in, in that sense, actually to go back to your Star Fox comparison, it is kind of similar to that, except this game does have different characters that we, as we mentioned. So that can actually like Change the gameplay up a little bit, not terribly much. Um, I would say that some helicopters are like more difficult to use than others, so maybe you could think of it as a handicap, sort of. Um, but I think in general, they're kind of supposed to be like well-balanced, but all different. But anyway, yeah, so like short game, decent replayability, I would say, um, with the weapons and the different weapons you can choose and the different choppers and all that. Now, I know that you didn't beat the game, but you did get pretty close, and so I'm wondering what you thought of like the scope of it, I guess. So, you know how much I've talked about this before. Like replayability is a big factor for me. It's at some points uh, where it's applicable, where like within like the game's design and what the game is trying to do, and replayability doesn't make sense. I mean, obviously every game wants to be replayable, but there are some that are more replayable than others and set out to be so. I think this was a game that was meant to be like an arcade style. Yeah. Um. So I think it achieved that goal. I wouldn't say that it had a whole lot of content still. I mean, it is still super short. Um, so it's kind of just like, you know, maybe a little too short at times. But I do think it accomplished its goal of being highly replayable and, you know, getting a high score or running through different uh, runs through it, doing things differently. You can do that. I think that really speaks to a game. And uh, the fact that you can have different strategies or... Um, use different characters and things like that. I think it, it adds something to it. Um, and I think it would make for a, a decent speedrunning game. I think so too. Uh, it's something that I dabbled with the idea of. I never actually did it. I think I did like one continuous run and I was like, oh, this game took 45 minutes or whatever. Um, I am 99% sure there's no existing community for this game speedrunning wise, but I do think that it would be doable. Uh, the biggest frustration would probably be the the item spawning because that is random as far as I can tell. So I'd be interested to see how that manifests if people were actually like speedrunning and getting like stressed out about like, 
oh shit, like, how's my RNG gonna be like? <laughs> Can you, yeah. like, like, oh, I have to, like, go fly over this bouncing item from this build. Oh shit. Like, <laughs> we should, we should, like, start, like, the speed running for this game and then, like, take all of our podcast fans and try to convert them into <laughs> chopper attack speedrunners. So, uh, here, here's a tutorial how to speedrun, how to be in the mindset of a speedrunner. It's going to take you a while, but uh, once you've learned how to be a speedrunner, you can speedrun this amazing game called Chopper Attack. It's going yeah. to be real worth your time. A lot of prestige in this one. Exactly. People will flock to your streams. We could be the first ever uh, world record holders. <laughs> we could. That's what I'm saying. Technically speaking. Just by like default. Um, one funny comment. This is a story of mine personally, a P-Willie original. I hope you enjoy this one. So there are actually two secret helicopters that you can unlock with a button code. Um, like you have to hold down a certain set of buttons before you press start at some point, you know, like one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe that only works after you've completed the game once. And for the longest time, I had never actually completed the game. So I'd see this code floating around on like uh, cheatcc.com back in the day. And I would try this code and it wouldn't work. And I was like, this is bullshit. Why does like every single site have this fake code? So I found somebody on YouTube the other day, not the other day, the other year, what am I talking about? Who, um, <laughs> Who like did a oh, just did a little game. like uncommentated let's play of this game, and at some point they mentioned the secret helicopter, but didn't actually use it. And so I sent them a message like, "Hey, how do you actually get the secret helicopter?" And they said, "Are there are two of them? How do you get the secret helicopters?" And they said, "Oh, you have to like beat the game and then do the button code." I was like, "Shit, you have to beat the game? That's what I've been missing the whole time because I'd never beaten the the moon <laughs> level because it's actually pretty difficult." Yeah, it has like this crazy boss helicopter that like shoots you with lasers. It's I'm gonna have to show it to you. I keep saying that. Um, but anyway, yeah, so there, there's this hidden content, but the game never mentions any hints of it. Well, I guess it does kind of in this weird way. So when, when you beat the game, you get like a nothing little credit scene, basically, uh, that has a bunch of POWs like welcoming you back to your home base, basically. Um, and there are these weird looking helicopters off to the side, and those are one of the hidden helicopters. But the game never tells you like that you can actually play as them or that you can play <laughs> as the other one. The other hidden, hidden helicopter actually is the uh, the final boss of the game, which is like an alien helicopter that's on the moon. Oh, that's cool. I'm talking really fast because I'm very passionate about these secret helicopters that I discovered after like <laughs> 18 years. Like, I love this freaking... I love this helicopter. They're, uh, <laughs> yeah, I need to... Man. Calm down, man. You know, you know how the content gets me. You know how... Yeah, I know. You're like, oh, there's this one. <laughs> oh man, look at you bringing out the the young, the actual young, actual young Pete boy, boy Willie. The mystery <laughs> of childhood was finally solved, and I still am feeling the effects to this day. Um, yeah. The cool thing, though, this is my last note on the secret helicopters. Thankfully, um, <laughs> one of them, by default, it shoots like five machine gun rounds simultaneously in like a spread pattern instead of just the normal one. But it's like extremely weak defensively so it's a really cool glass cannon uh, archetype that oh. helicopter is and that that definitely requires a change of strategy because you cannot get hit like you have yeah. to like just kill everything the second you see it and it's also fast so that helps but it's like that actually does change the way that you have to play the game yeah i bet that's gonna be our speed running helicopter i thought about it um it, i haven't done the uh, analysis but <laughs> i'm gonna beat your time man <sighs> anyway um any, anything else you want? I have a couple more comments on the content, but I want to see if you have anything else to say because I just I need to catch my breath. <laughs> Not really. Uh, like you said, I've only played this game like for a few hours. Didn't even play it all the way through, but I got close. Um, and I played with two different characters, so I had a general grasp for what this game was. But I didn't get to play the free battle mode because you said it wouldn't be worth my time. So uh, the note on that, so free battle mode is you can choose any level that you've unlocked in the main mode, and you can play any character that you want, but the levels don't have the objectives in them. So like you just fly around and blow up stuff, and there's no there's no objectives or progression. So Yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, I guess there's nothing like... Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a practice stage, which I don't think you went to. No. But there, there's a training stage where you're supposed to learn the controls, which, good thing they did that, because as we said, the controls are not intuitive. Um, in this practice stage, it actually has unique music in a somewhat unique location, which is pretty cool. Um, but they have a bunch of enemies that just fly in your face but don't shoot you. So that's kind of that's like... Good, the, yeah. That's kind of the thing. 
Um, it turns out, I found this out while doing some, my uh, research, is that this game actually was supposed to have a multiplayer mode, but it died in development. Huh. Was it just cut short, or what? I guess. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot of, like, history available on the inter- on the internet about this game, but um, from what I gathered, they showed multiplayer at some demo or something, and then it was cut. I was going to say, we should have brought the developer on this, you know, episode, but I don't think he wanted to hear how shitty <laughs> this game was. Let's, uh, whoever... You know, we keep talking about recognizing important individuals, um, and we talked about the sound composer in particular. I should have like looked up the uh, the composer or the producer or whoever for the music because they, as you said, like they were they were having a really good time. You could tell, like they put their heart and soul into this. I think, and uh, definitely shows. It's actually Koji Kondo <laughs> under some alias. <laughs> like, <laughs> my name is Kojo Kondi. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that is the way they would Koji say it in Kondi. Japan. So in Japan, the reverse would be Koji Kondo. Oh, that's good. That's all that I have on content. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> all right, let's see if we get five points off again. All right, you go first, man. 55. 55? Yeah. Fuck, you ruined it. No, what did I do? Soiled it. I gave it a 70. Wow, yeah, no, we, we're way <laughs> off there. That might actually be our biggest disparity in individual ratings to date. Yeah. 15 points. Um, I mean, I I feel like the content sort of jives with the gameplay, really. Like, it, you know, it's short, and there's a bunch of stuff missing, but, like, that's not the biggest shame in the world, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. That's kind of the way that I think about it. Yeah. It sounds like you had... Uh, a much better time, especially when you spent more time with the game. You had a much better time, you know, going through the game over and over and over again and just kind of playing it here and there. Um, me, I just played it one time. And I'm just like, you know, from that perspective, it's just kind of like, oh, there's not really a whole lot there. So I think there's just kind of two different perspectives there. So I can see how we could get off there. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but of course, now that you have played the game once, I look forward to you getting uh, an actual cart. And just really like spending time with us, you know, just like cherishing it, loving it, mm-hmm. partying tonight, right? Being a wild yeah. man. <laughs> so having a uh, talked about this game to the point of near exhaustion, at least in my case. <laughs> yeah. Let's go over our ratings again. So why don't you start with your uh, recap? Okay, so for gameplay, I gave it a sixty-five. Uh, visuals, I gave it fifty-five. Audio, seventy-five. That rounds the aesthetics to 65 and then the content i gave it a 55 rounding that all or adding that all together and uh, dividing by well just basically getting an average i got a 61.7 for my overall rating for me personally 61.7 that's uh just barely passing yeah just barely so on my end i've got a 7t for gameplay a 6t for visuals and an AT for audio, which adds up to a, uh, or averages to a 7T for aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And then content also got a 70. So actually, I have a triple 70s here, which is pretty neat. Um, overall rating of 70. Nice round numbers <laughs> all around. You know, didn't dig too much into the minutia of the, uh, the point values for this one, but uh, I actually feel pretty good about it. Cool. Cool. We kind of meet in the middle here. Like, uh, so it'll probably be somewhere around a 65, I assume. Yeah, so our actual IG rating uh, is a 65.8. Cool, cool. So I wonder where that places uh, amongst all of our other games. We, we do the number crunching off the air now. You guys know this. And uh, boy, did we slave over these numbers. Like, <laughs> you know, we've got 14 amazing games, including this one. And where does this one stack up? Well, actually, no. It is 16.5 points below the previous lowest ranking game, which is Anthony Hawk's Professional Skateboarder. (laughs) That game has an 82.3. This game has a 65.8, so it is very clearly 14 out of 14. (laughs) Sorry about it. At least Tony Hawk's Pro Skater is no longer the worst IG game reviewed. That's true. I will say that, because I didn't like the fact that that was a thing. (laughs) Yeah. But I am also happy that, uh, not really happy, but... We can now start to see like the disparity between these games because so far we've actually done like really good games, and so now we have like 
like a floor and then like a high ceiling. And we can like work between those with our different games. So I'm interested to see like some more of the lower end games kind of compete for themselves for the spots and things like that in the future. Um, and as well as see how like these games that we've already reviewed, how they kind of just, they kind of stay where they're at or they kind of fall, you know, the rankings are very interesting to me. So I really like this aspect that we we've got here. Yeah. Our rankings are a living, breathing document, kind of like the constitution. Yeah, I agree. It is law. So, uh, this is a little bit tangential, which is my, uh, my recurring theme for this episode. Apparently you mentioned just now that, uh, you were not happy about THPS being last. Yes. So I'm wondering of the games that we reviewed, which one would you be least sad about being last? Well, obviously this one, (laughs) (laughs) aside from this one. Okay. Aside from this one. Well, I mean, I guess I would mm, least sad. It's just the thing is, I hate. I would have hated. Well, I guess Donkey Kong Country. I think I rated that one the lowest. Yeah, that got a seventy nine point eight from you. Which, uh, yeah, looks like it is your lowest rating actually. Which I still think is a crime against humanity. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but I I wouldn't have been like terribly sad if that was our lowest one. Um, but I I don't think it's a really bad game by any means. So I I wouldn't have felt right for like for the rest of eternity we've had like this 80 rated game just sitting at the bottom yeah i think that uh if i had my way i think that link to the past would be on the bottom yeah i agree i was gonna say that next i was be like to be honest i could just throw link to the past straight to the bottom and not even care yeah like who would notice well this has been a lot of fun i still can't believe we talked this long about this game but you know diamonds in the rough man yeah i agree and um, we have said the announcements at the beginning of the episode, so we don't have to do that. Uh, but if you want to hear more from us, actually, if you want to hear more from me, I was recently on an episode of the Eastie Boys podcast who uh, drink beer, talk about beer, and answer your questions. And in some cases, mine, which is actually how I got on the show in the first place. Booyah! <laughs> but they're a fun group, and I enjoyed being on the episode with them. So if for some reason you want to hear me even more than you already do, go ahead and check that out. Um, Kevin, as he said, is streaming again. Uh, Kev streams were a big part of my senior year of college, and I'm very happy for them to be back in full force and better than ever. Zlink093, of course, putting out great content again. Back at it again with a good content. Please watch him at Zlink Gaming on YouTube. Um, Secret Levels podcast. Yes. Fellow retro game reviewers. Uh, they are pretty cool, I think. I don't know them personally, not yet, but they're... Uh, cool guys do a cool podcast and have a fun little network going so if you want to hear more retro reviews for games that we haven't done because actually i don't think we have any games in common at this point not yet not yet um but go ahead and check them out kev what is our own social media well you can find us at the ig underscore cast on twitter i think we're just the interstate gamers on uh facebook we're somewhere on facebook and uh we have a website that's pretty cool uh, theigcast.com and if you want to view a nice graphical representation of our uh, rankings you can go to games.theigcast.com and now you can sort by gameplay aesthetics and content of all the games not just uh, by episode or by overall ranking so I'm pretty proud of that one so many options mm-hmm. thank you Kev you're welcome you know, on the note of rankings, it's fun to note that uh, IGN, not to be confused with IG, um, <laughs> I just realized that, IGN gave Chopper Attack a 5.6 out of 10 um, on release, you know, as a current review. And uh, both of our scores are higher than that. So either we're very kind souls, <laughs> or this game has actually gotten better with time. <laughs> <laughs> Against all uh, reasonable thought. Uh yeah, yeah, we'll say that. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a funny point that you bring up, though. Well, I'm a funny guy. What can I say? Yeah, because you know IGN was law back then, so had to have been yeah. five point six. All right, everyone. Well, uh, I think that wraps it up for us today. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Thank you for listening to us talk about one of our not so favorite games. Finally, after all this time of teasing, Kev, anything else you want to say? Nope.
I don't know what ever to say at the end of these podcast episodes anymore. So I'm just going to say love you. See you next time. Love you too, guys. Thanks for listening. Catch you on the floor. Love you too, guys. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Is that a Freudian slip? That's some, that's some kind of slip. Put that in there. Put that in there, please. I'll leave it. <laughs> All right. Cool. That was awesome. Uh, what a game. <laughs>